Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Everybody, we are live. Come one, come all. Everybody who's joining us for the YouTube link, right? We are live and we are here as a unit, a big old beefy unit of talent. The Knowles 24-7 team is fully assembled. Minus Brett, we miss you, sir. I got Brendan Sinone. I got Kevin Little. I got Coach Adam Brown. I got Zach Blostein. I've got Christopher Knee. I've got Dangerous Dane Draper. And I am your host, unfortunately, for your ears and eyes, Trey Rowland. And we are here because all the BS is done. Camp, it's time to talk football season. And guys, I feel even for an offseason, I feel like this one has really flown by. And it hasn't really hit me, the gravity and the magnitude. FSU plays LSU a week from now. Let's go. How's everybody doing? Pulse check. Nervous. In week. Nervous, Excited. not surprised. Anxiety from Brendan. Excitement from the from the veteran. Zach, how are you doing? Confident. Confident. Yeah. Peacock chest. Puff it out. Dane, how are you looking yeah. down there? I'm gonna join Zach. I'm pretty confident too. There you go. Feeling stick them. Stick them. Bresses out, brother. How are my analytical <laughs> friends doing? My two my two film nerds with me. How are my boys up top doing? Whatever. 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 Apathy. The only person who could have (laughs) apathy before this game. Well done. Well, we're going to get all into it. We're going to talk about talking points, discussion, expectations. We're going to go through the schedule. We're going to do win shares, just how exactly confident we are in this team game by game. But before all that, we got to thank the sponsors, guys. Chattanooga Whiskey, finest brown juice in the land. If you can get it, grab your dirty grimy paws on it right now brennan slamming it up against their 111 proof cast strength awesome great craft varietals if you want to get responsibly sauced before this lsu game labor day weekend's a great drinking weekend and you need the best drinking whiskey in the land that is chattanooga whiskey telling the boys at uh knows 24 7 sent you and then once again i always advise sell your house when you're drunk it's way better and you gotta do it with the turner group colin and amy turner they are the best central florida elite buy sell anything you want to do they can help you throughout the state they're a boutique agency they will cater to your needs they are the Jordan Travis of real estate. They can do anything you want and they do it at the highest of levels. What else do we got? Football coach, college dynasty. Are you guys nerds? I am. I love my video games and the video game that I am currently on right now is football coach, college dynasty, hottest game in the history of steam appropriate name. Cause it is so hot. Steve, it's coming off of it. That's right. Do you want to be a college football coach? Do you want to have a dynasty? You want to do game plans? You want to do NIL? You want to recruit? You want to do game planning? You want to do all that stuff? You want to be a college coach and start your own dynasty? Well, Football Coach College Dynasty is for you. 95% 
mm, approval rating on Steam. I don't know anything that has a 95% approval rating. I think boobs are at 93. This game is at 95. It is absolutely unconscionable how fantastic this game is. Tell them that you sent us. All right. And then one more. The <laughs> battle's end. The battle's end. The battle's end. The battle's end. You know them. You love them. They got a they got a pretty sick little golf tournament going on at the Champions Gate National Golf Course, Orlando, Florida, Saturday, September 2nd. It's the battle's end season kickoff golf tournament. I think they only got two foursome left. Hop on it like a live grenade. It's going to be sweet. TBE 50, half off. You get to see Ingram. Maybe have a couple of shots of the old Chattanooga brown juice and just hang and talk and maybe you'll get him to say some things he shouldn't say whatever you'll never know unless you're there that's right the battles in season kickoff golf tournament Saturday September 2nd be there or be a dork all right man I love ad reads okay now that the bills are paid let's talk expectations Chris I want to go to you first as a as is is the venerable one the one who's seen a lot of Florida State football you've seen championship caliber Florida State teams is the 2023 version of the Seminoles that? We talking Natties or ACC championships? I think that you can make that distinction if you would like. Okay, I feel like they're an ACC championship caliber club. I do not feel like they're a national championship caliber club. That's the best way I can put it. I think they're a team that's wholeheartedly capable of winning 10 to 11 regular season games. If they're in that 11 ballpark, it almost certainly means they're playing for the ACC championship. And, you know. I think they have a real shot. I think Clemson's their biggest competition. I think if they played twice, they'll definitely win at least one. I think they're capable of beating Clemson. So, What do you think the differentiator between them and like a 2013 like FSU is? Is it just the ceiling of the talent? Is it depth? What do you think the that distinction? Because 10 or 11 is pretty solid. But you, you seem to have a f- fairly clear distinction in your mind between that upper echelon. What do you think the difference is? Uh, I don't know about comparing 13 to 23. For me, it's more like, do I think they're better in Georgia? Do I think they're better in what Alabama gotcha. or Ohio okay. State is capable of being? I don't think they're quite there. I think they're that immediate next tier of teams. Dane, what do you feel? There were some interesting comments expressed, I think, when you were watching that uh, that, that that scrimmage this week. And a lot of the guys had your commentary, and you were very impressed in a way that I can't really relay on a kids-friendly show, apparently. But what do you think? What, what, what are your expectations for this team, my man? What, where do you think? How far can the Knolls go? Do you agree with Chris? I do agree with Chris. And, yeah, I think when you're when you're thinking about competing at the highest level, you got to think about who you're going to be playing against. And, like, a team like Georgia who could be – just as good or better as they were a season ago when they won a national championship and they won a championship the year before that. Like it's, it's unfair to set those kind of expectations on this team, but could they potentially get in a game where they do play a Georgia or a Michigan or an Ohio state? I think, I think they definitely could. And they have the depth and, and some of the, uh, the upside at the right positions to do so. Anybody here have a different feeling? Anybody a little bit slightly down on this team? Maybe think it's Maybe. not that big of an improvement from <laughs> looking at win shares. <laughs> Are we all do we all in agreement that we think it's going to be a better team? Does anybody think it might not be significantly better though? I mean, really, the only position group that you're not looking at an immediate upgrade in is safety. Um, just losing Jamie Robinson, not really having someone there, but you're getting all of the returning pieces back. They should be better what than they what what they were last year and you have depth which is really what killed you in the safety position at the end of last year not necessarily top end talent yeah and i think too at the it 
you're bringing everybody back, basically, except Jamie Robinson. You added key transfer portal additions. The schedule, I think, is easier, not the beginning of it. So it's pretty. I don't see how anybody could think that they would take a step back. And I think if they do, then we could start having some conversations about what could happen on the recruiting trail because they need to go forward and everything is everything is uh, structured so that they can fairly easily. Brendan. This year to last year, last year was a team, they ended up nine regular season wins, 10 overall, maybe, I mean, definitely overperformed for our preseason expectations, maybe even overperformed given like the talent level of the team. What do you see? What's the biggest difference between 2022 and 2023 that you've seen watching this team? Uh, there's two things that come to mind immediately, Trey. I think the first is what they did in 2022 instills a lot of like confidence internally you realize that you can win games uh, mm-hmm. and win close games and you can do it fairly consistently and you can win like big time games like against LSU uh, at Louisville on the road at that point was an important game. Um, so I, I think there is this level of, you know, there used to be a self-fulfilling prophecy in the other direction when Mike Norvell first got here. And that was built through the end of the Jimbo Fisher era, Willie Taggart era. Remember when Mike first got here, that game against Georgia Tech, that season opener, yeah, was yeah, like, really exemplified <laughs> it. Um, where where the team, like even like Georgia Tech, cut into the lead a little bit, and and players started putting their heads down. And if you were in the stadium that evening, like you 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 felt it and you sensed like the team tightening up. And that took years to kind of get through and get past. Jacksonville State comes to mind like there, there was these growing pains right and they've kind of come through that so that is a big difference point is you're starting with this really like legitimate place of confidence and self-assuredness and then the team just looks like they have a bunch of badasses on it i don't know how else to describe it like they have that's good i like that they have a bunch of 300 pounders on the offensive line like 15 of them uh the defensive line has like a few wrecking balls quarterback is as confident as he's ever been Six foot four wide receiver one side, six foot seven the other. They both move like they're six one, six two. Like it's just, they, they they have had a lot of NFL scouts come by this preseason, and, and there is a reason why. So if you had to categorize the storm level built by storms, what category is it? Remember people talking about how small the team looked a few years ago? Uh yeah. Yeah, not anymore. So, so it's no longer a tropical storm. We're talking category five here. We're, we're talking about oh, cat cat four. category five storm. Four pushing here. cat five. We got to see how it warms up in the the oh, balmy man. Gulf of Mexico the next few weeks here. But all right. it could, could be a really good team. All right, we're talking Jim Cantori's going to be there for opening day. Oh, if we're talking about that type of storm, that's serious <laughs> stuff. Absolutely, Adam. What do you think the biggest strength of this team? We've analyzed the film. We've poured over all the film with the new additions and everything like that. But what do you think overall team strength is going to be? Where is that going to be for this team? I mean, if you're looking for a segment, it's probably your offense as a whole. Um, if you're looking for a specific player, I think you're looking at Jordan Travis. I mean, I think you could probably list seven or eight guys right now and say that they're all going to be a strength. Um, I think as a whole, the, the strength is just going to be these guys understand what's being asked of them, what's being expected of them, and what they're going to get every Saturday when they roll out there or – an occasional Sunday when they roll out there on the football field, there's going to be no surprises this year. There's going to be no, we didn't see that coming. We didn't know how to handle the situation. These guys have played a lot of football. They played a lot of football together. They've got guys coming in that have played a lot of football. And when they line up and strap it up, they know what the hell that what they need to do to get the job done. And they know how to handle themselves day to day, week to week to get there to accomplish the goals that they need to accomplish. 
Zach, same question to you. At the end of the day, let's say Florida State is facing some duress. What aspect of their team are they going to be able to hang their hat on when the chips are down and they know that they can always count on? Like when we are looking back and analyzing this Florida State team months in the future, they were a team that could really do this when they needed to. What is this? I think it's kind of, uh, you know, a branch off of what A.B. said, but the depth at pretty much every position on offense, um, they're going to be able to dig into their depth. Like, let's say one guy's just not having a good game. Let's say, you know, Johnny Wilson had a, a drop or two earlier on. Like, they have, like, four or five legitimate wide receiver options um, to turn to, guys that are dependable, um, which, you know, just hasn't been the case in Mike Norvell's entire tenure at Florida State. And you turn to tight end. There are three, four deep there. You have an offensive line where you feel really good about eight, and maybe, you know, great about, you know, so, you know some of the other uh, guys behind that. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, quarterback, uh, you know, besides Jordan Travis, you've got a guy like Brock Glenn ascending, running back, uh, you know, your leading rushers returning as, along with, uh, you know, a good staple of guys behind him. So just it, I have a lot of confidence in the offense. And whereas last year, like, it felt like if – Johnny Wilson didn't get going or Trey Benson couldn't get going. Like, you know, obviously running back wise, like they were fine last year, but it felt like, you know, if one of their top guys at receiver couldn't get going, they didn't have a ton of options to turn to. No, no, that's a good point. When it comes to dependable guys, like there were guys that would make plays, but you know, you don't have like a, you didn't have like a guy like Keon Coleman um, like you did this year. And, And I think that's a reason to be excited about or a reason for FSU fans to be excited about for this year, because, of just the the number of options and the depth that you can dig into in case there's an injury, in case, you know, like I said, a guy's not having a, a good day out there on, on a given Saturday. Um, th- that's what gives me confidence going into this year. I think that's a good point. I think it's just going to be more of an exaggerated version of what it was last year. Remember, it was almost kind of like musical chairs, like who would be the offensive, like, yeah. reception star. One, it was Micah Pittman, Johnny Wells, saying Ken Trump, whatever. It's going to be like that, except with way better talent as those recurring pieces which is going to give Norvell, if you guys listen to the uh, the film study session that we did with him a couple months ago, he's so matchup dependent and focused, and he's got so many pieces to work with. It's This team kind of reminds me a little bit of those like early Clemson kind of giant killer teams. Sensational quarterback, really, really dangerous skill talent, where maybe if they played like one of those upper tier teams 10 times, they wouldn't win the majority at all, but man, I think they're good enough where they could win like three, maybe four. And he only got to play one, one time in the playoffs. So it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun ways that this team is built. Chris kind of like on the flip side of that, what are some potential weaknesses, areas of exposure, maybe some things that could go wrong for Florida state that we don't necessarily, we're not predicting, but it's something that could happen. I think the preseason beginning of preseason version of the answer would have been safety. I'm not near as concerned exiting the preseason about safety play as I was going in. Feel okay. confident guys like Conrad Hussey, KJ Kirkland are going to give them dependable depth there with Shaheen Brown and Akeem Dent kind of being the front runners at those spots. And Kevin Knowles is another guy who I expect to be in that mix. And, you know, they speak very, very highly of him and have constantly done so. And he looks prepared to do so. Um, I think the thing that maybe right now for me, it would be the special teams portion. 
Uh, I feel better about the kicking game than I did last season where I kind of abandoned ship and gave up on it. But <laughs> at the same time, it's still one of those things I kind of need to see in a game action to believe that's definitely going to be the thing from a kicking perspective. And then from a return perspective, more so punt returns, my hope is it's key on Coleman. He's a guy that in watching practices, I believe it should be, you know, I think somebody like Lawrence Tolfilly is setting up for a disastrous moment in that regard, personally. Interesting. Kev, we do a lot of scouting of other teams. We also do a lot of self-scouting on the film side. Any any potential areas of weakness that you've seen on this Florida State team that could come rearing their ugly head at a moment where we don't want it to happen? Yeah, I think that there are three that come to mind immediately. Oh. I think ceiling of offensive line. I think you I think you have a very solid floor, an incredibly high floor, mm-hmm. incredibly high depth, which is what you want along the offensive line. But if you're playing a team with an elite defensive end, two elite defensive ends, elite defensive tackle, I'm not sure how well they're going to hold up over the course of a game. Sure. Um, so th- that's that's a potential fault. Um, defensive line depth. At, at this point, I think uh, you trust. I, we've seen Fisk in practice. He looks really good. You have Fabian Lovett, who's a proven commodity. But realistically, the guys behind them are going to get a lot of snaps when you're playing elite teams. When you're playing the teams like Georgia, like LSU, like Clemson, like whoever you you, you put in that top 10, those guys have to be able to win you a football game. And I'm I haven't seen enough of that. I haven't seen enough of, you know, Daniel Lyons, Josh Farmer. How how are they gonna hold up against an, an elite offensive line? Sure. Because they will have to play. And that's a question mark um, for me. Um the third one is is still, and I know me and AB disagree with this, is how are they going to handle having a mobile quarterback? Consistently over the past few years, they've struggled with it. Kalen DeLoach looks like he has athleticism to be that guy, but last year we saw, especially early on, he took some bad angles against some admittedly really good quarterbacks in Malik Cunningham and Jaden Daniels. Is that something he's been able to fix, and is he going to be an asset for you stopping that running quarterback? Because Jaden Daniels got over 100 yards rushing on you last year, is he going to be able to replicate that, or are you going to be able to have those linebackers be a little bit more consistent in stopping mobile quarterbacks? So those are the three big questions I have. That's the three ways I could see Florida State losing. Adam, what do you think? Do you share some of Kevin's concern about the trenches, or is there some other area of this team that maybe keeps you up at night? I know you've talked about that before. Like, What what are you thinking that could fight Florida State in the rear section? Yeah, I'd be worried about the in these matchups, you know, in the LSU one, some of those concerns are now lowered because they are not going to have Mason Smith for that game. And he was he he's the alpha of that room. And so when they lose a guy like that, it's going to help your offensive line. Um, They've obviously got other guys that are extremely talented, but I do worry about the ceiling of that room. If you get Clemson with all their guys. You know, we'll, we'll see whether that's the case or not. And then when you get in the playoffs and you get ma- if you were to get in the playoffs and get matched up with some of these uh, better defensive lines, um, you know, I, I worry about them being able to a move them in short yard situations and b hold up in pass protection um, just because we've seen years of evidence that Robert Scott's not necessarily been able to do that. And if he were to be the starter, I, I think there's reason to be concerned and. Um, you know, while I'm high on bless Harris, you know, I, I don't think he's a day one caliber offensive tackle. So, 
Um, you know, there's reasons to think that they may struggle against a, an elite defensive end or, or defensive lineman. I, I disagree with Kev with the um, oh. D-line thing. Tell him why he's wrong. Tell him why he's an idiot. I want common conflict now. Like, yeah, I mean, I understand that we there's a lot of production there that we haven't seen or or uh, unproven commodities there, but we've seen Josh Farmer be good against the run. Uh, my knock on him has been that we haven't seen him be good in a pass rushing situation, and I value pass rushers. Um, so I, I think as a whole, that group and their their ability to go out there and play the run game is going to be a strength for them. I mean, I think the world of Daniel Lyons, you've got a Dennis Briggs who can be a specialist and rush the passer. I know Chris is really high on him in this year and having a bounce back season. Um, I think the defensive tackle group specifically is going to be a strength no matter who's playing. Now, defensive end on the other hand, they've they've hyped up Byron Turner. Brendan's written about him in, in his practice reports. Gilbert Evans seems like he's still a guy who's who's progressing. And yes, you could play a Braden Fisk out there. You could play a Daniel Lyons out there. You could play a Dennis Briggs out there situationally. But there's going to be the majority of snaps are going to need to go to Verse, Peyton, and then who. And you're going to need a, that and who to be reliable for you throughout the course of the season, specifically against an LSU and a Clemson. Um, you just can't play Verse and Peyton for 65 snaps or whatever the average was this uh this past weekend of plays. I think it was 60, it was 65 or 66 plays on average in games this past weekend with the new uh, clock rule. So don't get me started. I want to rant so bad, <laughs> not my so, college football. I don't like, I, it. I worry about defensive end a little bit more, just the depth there, the, the ability to come in and bring high level fastballs at teams um, off the edge and stay consistent with that pressure mm-hmm. from the edge. But I think you're going to have more guys like to be to contrary of my point. I think that you're going to have guys and have more pressure up the middle that's going to help those ends because you're just not going to get as many double teams. So we'll see how that works out. Really, my main concern is the, the, the ceiling because of what our expectations are for this group, the ceiling of the offensive line. Okay. Very well said. Brendan, what do you think is the most improved unit on the team or maybe even the unit that you, you've told people are improved, but they're not going to believe it till they actually see it because you can, you can only – convey so much through the written word with everybody's attention spans being just pulled in so many different directions. What's a unit that you've been screaming about that's improved, but man, people are going to freak when they see it live. Um, two, two come to mind. I know I can only pick one. Dane, should I go wide receiver or cornerback? You're there every day with He me. can have the other one, whichever okay. one you pick. I'll give Dane. I know which one, one Dane's taking. Yeah. Then take the <laughs> one. Take which one is AC yeah. Thomas involved with? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Look at that boyish grin on Dane's face, accentuated by that odd lighting. All right. Brendan, talk <laughs> about receivers. Wide receivers have leveled up to a level that I think fans are really going to be kind of almost stunned by when they get to see them in person. Because last year he had Johnny Wilson, and he was still kind of figuring thing out, things out. Like, we saw some really cool moments from him in practice during the off-seasons, right? But, like, him being a complete wide receiver wasn't really on the table. It was him being a specialist and a really, really specialist, a deep ball guy um, and and back shoulder fades. And that was kind of, like, where he, where he ate. He's markedly better. And it's been a consistent, like, gradual growth in terms of consistency, catching the ball, but, like, just – running more routes at a higher level and being more self-assured and confident. 
And so like, that's a great starting point that your number one wide receiver is better. But then you went and you added another big giant wide receiver in Keon Coleman. And he's a ton of fun to watch uh, because he moves at such a high clip at his size, 6'4", 215. Um, not quite 6'3", 215 like some people, but you know, pretty close to it. And and so like you have like this dynamic of like, I don't know how many DBs there are in the or in the country that are like going to be 6'2", 6'3", and have the size to match up against both of them from that perspective. So like that's a starting point. And then Destin Hill, like he's real and he's spectacular. <laughs> like he is a lot of fun. Uh, he has this like nice build to him that you wouldn't expect for someone who hasn't played college football in ever and hasn't played organized football in a couple of years. But he moves at a pretty high level. His impact as a blocker in practice is consistently felt. Ooh, we like that. I like good outside block. For a true freshman, I know he's a 20-year-old true freshman, caveat, but like he hey, cares. So, are, and, so is and, BYU. They still get to be called true freshmen. They're like 30-year-old seniors. It's fine. I, I'm not I'm not complaining. Uh, Winston Wright is going to be a factor. Darion Williamson and Kentron Portier are going to be factors. Like the wide receiver group, just the eye test alone is impressive. And I think there's like a nice blend of proven production upside you upgraded in my opinion from am i are you guys losing me damn it just, <laughs> no it's okay. good bro maybe maybe get off earthlink and in 2023 or something like that <laughs> metro net or whatever you're on anyway all right dane i'm gonna let you because i know you're a gamer with those headphones i know you've got some fantastic internet talk to me about those dvds <laughs> my brother <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely really high on this cornerback unit specifically. I mean, the secondary is, you know, one thing that told defensive back group, but um, but the cornerbacks, I feel like haven't been, I guess, talked about as much as maybe they have deserved to, at least this fall camp. I think they've just really improved this fall camp. Like, okay, I mean, you're supposed to get better. That's that's why you practice and all that. But I, I feel like this group relative to everywhere else, everywhere else in the team really has kind of ascended the most maybe and that's probably spearheaded by an az thomas you know i think he's really really good and he was good. a guy i was pretty i kind of i don't want to say like lost hope in but like i was more down on him in the spring and then we come to find out he uh well he he wasn't as athletic he wasn't as fluid he kind of almost looked flat-footed at times he just i feel like he lost he didn't have much confidence you know you see him go up against like johnny wilson often and he just kind of gets it's beat and um guys like you writing terrible articles every day that he's reading course. so you added to it just negative yeah. nancy over there but now he shook better. off the dane curse and now he looks like a trillion bucks right <laughs> yeah i mean he's exceptionally fluid he's super long he's got a huge frame for a cornerback he doesn't look like a cornerback when he's in person i'll say that and he moves as well as anyone on the team um i mean i think he's legitimate i think he's the highest ceiling of anyone in the secondary and Ooh. i think he's playing closer to that than you would probably expect at this point in his development and he's probably not – oh, shoot. Well, he might not even start um, because you have so Okay, many. all right. Hey, Dave, <laughs> can we talk about some other cornerbacks before we start uh, just derailing on the depth chart? I Go mean, ahead, bud. You have so many good Who players in that room. You have you have a, a Renardo Don't lay Green. the bait. Don't lay the bait. Go ahead, Dane. It's Dane you Draper. Have, you have <laughs> – right. With, uh, yeah. Brendan, it's the one-year anniversary of us getting banned. Chris did. Chris Not left. happening again. Anyway, Dane. Chris literally call him Derek. Chris hey, his name. Children, let Dane continue your point, Dane. Uh, so, Renardo Green, he was, I mean, he seemed like your best corner last year pretty easily. He was one of the better players in your defense, I think. And he returns. Uh, Ventral <laughs> Cypress was a massive addition to the transfer portal. He was the top overall ranked cornerback 
uh, in the transfer portal that isn't like a freshman um, or, you know, coming off his first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have a ton of guys in that room that can contribute. Your quality depth, like uh, Quindarius Jones, has looked really good this offseason. He's a true freshman. Um, another guy with plenty of length that could contribute at least situationally, like on bigger receivers, I guess, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just generally really high on this cornerback room, and I don't think that's been talked about a ton, but that's as much as much hype, I guess, as your front six has, or especially your front four. I think uh, I think your cornerbacks can can more than hold their own against all but a few groups in the country, wide receivers. That's big because we noticed a lot on film where Adam Fuller was really calling that defense to protect that secondary. It, he really was, and it bit him in the ass multiple times throughout the year. The fact that those unit, that, that unit can now put the clamps on people combined with better overall defensive line play, I'm very excited of the potential, what they're going to do with that unit, and just how much better I think that they're going to play. I think statistically – statistically it was a better defense than what I saw on the field. By no means was it a poor defense, but this year I think they have the potential to be really, really good. Zach Yanni boy, you're next. Okay. Who's the X factor for this team? Who's a guy that if Florida state can really get going, they're CFP contenders, man, who could be a potential X factor for this team that maybe we haven't talked about yet. Um, We talked about a little bit on the, on so far, but I think it's Byron Turner. Um, I think if, if Byron Turner, becomes a guy that you can rely on um, as a pass rusher consistently, I think your ceiling as a defense goes up tremendously because I think we all know what we got uh, with Jared Burst and Pat Payton as, as you know, probably the, the most talented players in that, in that position group right now. Right. Um, but besides that, a lot of unproven talent, um, you know, Gilbert Edmond did play a lot at South Carolina, but it sounds like, you know, he's, he's still got some work to do. And then, you know, Byron Turner is a guy that's been uh, – his career at FSU has been, you know, riddled with, with injuries. So, to me, if FSU wants to go far, um, you need to be able to rush the passer. And and you guys outlined perfectly earlier, they have other ways of doing that besides, you know, rushing traditional ends uh, or putting traditional ends on the field. You, know, you could you could slide Braden Fisk out, Dennis Briggs, Daniel Lyons. But to I me – I think I think it's ideal if one of those guys, one of those two guys, if Gilbert Edmond or Byron Turner step up, and I think Byron Turner probably has a better shot at doing that right now. Okay. Any other X factors that you guys think? I'm just throwing it out there to the to the to the group as a whole. Any guys that have the potential to really have a breakout season, and if they do, the ceiling of this team jumps up a little bit. Anybody? Any other names sticking out to people besides Byron? Kevin. Uh, I think this guy kind of nails it here. Shaheem Brown is someone who's going to have to take an increased role. Uh, no Jamie Robinson. He's going to be starting. Like I, was, like I was talking about earlier, this is the one position group where you're not sure you have a step up. But Shaheem Brown is an incredibly physically talented player. He has everything you're looking for. You know, I mean, he's built a little bit like Kyle Hamilton, who's who is an incredible safety. You know, he's got the length. He's got the height. He moves really well. Um, we saw him making a lot of kind of rookie mistakes since mm-hmm. the first couple of years of him getting playing time. Now he's going to have to show that he's he's learned and he's grown and he's developed. Um, so maybe the guys that have seen him in the fall camp can kind of kind of speak to if he's kind of taken that step to kind of taking more advantage of his physical potential. Okay, it, it, it has Shaheem. Does he look like he's taking that next step? Does anybody? Does anybody? Do you yeah, he's think had so? a very good preseason. 
He's had a very good preseason. He's a guy that, one, exhibits much better leadership than we've ever seen from him in the past. Not to say he's never been a bad leader. He's just become a better one. And right. he he looks to have total control back there. Like, he looks comfortable. He breaks on balls really well. He's done a phenomenal job. I think Conrad Hussey's another guy in that safety group who's got a real shot. Might take a few games, obviously, with him being a true freshman and all, but he's got some athletic gifts to him that other guys in that room don't possess. Dane, you've got some people. Go ahead, sir. I got, I got three. God. No, um, no, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. allowing that one. Okay. Well, I've already mentioned. Vito. I've already talked about Az Thomas, so I'm not going to reiterate that. Oh, that's a good. Although that's a good candidate. But Jeremiah Byers is a really good uh, choice here. I think on the offensive line, um, he's been spoken about as playing uh, tackle for this team. And I think, <laughs> like Kev was talking about earlier, like the ceiling of this <laughs> offensive line is one of the things that really stand out as a potential hindrance to like to their potential uh, when we're talking about a playoff team. And Jeremiah Byers is probably has the highest ceiling of anyone in that, in that group and being a first year guy with FSU coming from, uh, you know, an objectively lower level of competition in the, where he played at UTEP, um, you know, seeing what he can be and if he can play to that potential is, is definitely a wild card for this team this year. Mm, wild cards. We talk a lot about wild cards. Brendan, you got something to say about wild cards? Do I have some? I got. I got a list of ten wild cards that were. Wow, man! It's almost like I knew. I, can people Thank see you. this list right Great now? Um, yeah, I don't want to give it all away, but okay. you guys have mentioned three out of ten so far. I'm going by position by position, so we're all being simpatical here. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about my cornerback at, at the wild card spot, and that's Azaria Thomas. I think he's been great this preseason. I don't think he gets enough love. <laughs> Oh, um, this is your guy, right? I'm out this of here. is your guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Florida Chris. It's the oh, Darian Williamson thing Anyway, all over again. be on the lookout for that. Chris, yeah, I, want to talk, go, I, want, I want to talk to you, Chris, because I heard a lot of chatter. It was obviously week zero. People are talking about their predictions for the playoff and who's going to win the ACC, yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of people, because Florida State looks like a very attractive option on paper. They bring all that talent back. They infuse it with the best players in the transfer portal. We know the staff can develop. The schedule, I think, is easier than last year's was. But there's a lot of people that aren't pulling the trigger on picking FSU over Clemson in the ACC just because they're in like a wait-and-see approach. Or maybe the weight of these newfound expectations might crush them a little bit. What do you think about that? Because we like to talk about it like a lot of objective stuff. Subjectively, do you think that there will be a time when the weight of the expectations will catch up to these guys? Have the coaches talked about it in practice? What are some of the ways they're combating it? Is it a real narrative that maybe is something that affects the team this year? I don't think it's an issue. I think they lean into it, truthfully. I mean, look okay. at Jay Trav Instagram, for example, when he's putting messages out, what he's talking about. Like, they want to be great. There's a desire from a lot of those guys that made the decision to come back or were part of the decision to come back. You know, Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, Jared Burrs. Those are a few that come to mind. And then some of these guys that have transferred in, a Braden Fisk, a Jeremiah Byers come to mind, uh, obviously Keon Coleman. There's a desire from that group to be really, really good. And they believe they can be really good. So I, I don't think it's one of those things where it weighs on them. I don't think it's – I think it's something they kind of view head on and – they're comfortable with and they want to be that there there's a lot of guys on this team who aren't scared of saying they can be really good and I, I don't think it's just you know throwing out optimism of the preseason from them either I think it's a belief from day in day out the work they put in during the spring mm -hmm. during summer player run items that coaches are now a little bit more involved in because NCAA rules are better and then obviously these preseason practices 
And uh, the group, they lean into it wholeheartedly. They believe they can do it. Okay. And the coaches, you, you can tell there's a difference in the way that the coaches are talking about it, too. Mike Norvell, for one, he's when, when he feels like he has a good team, he's not afraid. There's no, like, jinx or superstition or anything. He will let you know. like that. So I, And I think that there, you can see the difference in the way that he's talking about his team. Now, the rest of the questions I have, they all kind of deal with the schedule, toughest game, maybe sneaky trap game, things like that. So I think it's a perfect time to transition into the wind chairs portion of this. What do you guys think? Is there anything you'd like to say before we start getting into the numbers? And then we give our like our official season predictions, which mine is going to be different than what my wind chair did at the end because I'm a caveman scrawling things into stone. I don't understand how wind chairs work, and I'm not happy with the how the number machine spit mine out. Anybody want to say anything before we get into wind chairs and we start talking game by game? Uh, yeah, they're stupid. Yeah, okay. Was, hey, Adam hates let, numbers. Let me too. describe wind chairs. <laughs> sure, go ahead, nerd me, nerd. Wind chairs, so. Football games, when you bet on them, are accumulation of averages, right? So there's a chance. There's, it's a chance. There's a chance that Florida State beats LSU. There's a chance that they don't beat FSU. When you mm-hmm. add up those probabilities, you get a final total. That's what a win Adam, share stop is. stop this. Kevin Kirk, continue. Adam is being very disrespectful. But the problem with football is that it's a very low variant sport, right? You either mm-hmm. get a win or loss at the end of the day. There's only 10... 10, 12 games to prove yourself. So like, it's like flipping a dice 10 times just because you, ex- just because the dice is weighted 60% one way doesn't mean you're all, you're going to get 60% outcome when you only small sample size, times. right? It's not like baseball. There's not 162 games or not thousands of at bats. It's, it is what it is. It's 10. So I'm with you on that. So take that into account as we say, and I think we're going to flesh all of this out. For all the people that aren't, I don't have an analytical mind, so I just want to use my I want to use my low grade words to describe how I feel about these games. But when we we're gonna have win shares, and it's gonna be like our percentage chance that we think that they win this game, add them all up, and we got the final. And I think, are we gonna have like an official one from like the group collectively? Are we gonna all put our heads together so that when we all get yelled at on the boards, like either you do good, too bad. So I guess we can add up the win shares, but I think we can also say that wind chairs aren't perfect and we have different expectations outside okay. of the wind chairs. Okay. Football guy aggregator. We put do the number and then we do an adder or a subtractor based on dumb football guy stuff. Cause I want the number to, I want it to end up what I want it to end up. <laughs> we were, uh, I think collectively as a group, our average like 7.0 wins last year, last year. Yeah. Yeah. Not this year, but last year. And they also yeah. won nine regular season games. So we were on the low side. For the record, yeah, there are a couple coin flippers I, too. We were on the low side. We were on the. They low won side. more like, coin flippers and they lost them, which that's how you get more wins than you expect. I feel like the exercise naturally ends up with a lower number than what you're aiming for. Yeah, like I came in right. I came in right under. I think ten. When when you were I the think favorite, comfortably a ten. Yeah, yeah. It draws it towards an average in in general. Yeah, I get that. But I, I just explaining it to the audience. Probability. Probability. Go back to fifth grade. Remember probability. The denominator over 10, yada, yada. I'll explain it through you with my word stuff. All right. Pull it up. Let's talk about the first game. Let's talk about LSU. Let's see. Ooh. To me, anything. We have a very confident group. I think the only person, and I'm not going to read them all out because I did that last year and I wanted to shoot myself in the face. Brendan has <laughs> us at the highest with a 70% chance of beating LSU. Ooh, negative Adam thinks we're going to lose that game. Only 39% chance of winning. All right, Adam, I'm going to let you suck up all the juicy internet. Hey, why do you think Florida State's going to get there? Just 
their faces bashed in by LSU and Brian Kelly. He's muted. You're muted because appropriate. You don't want to hear the negativity. You're he's muted out of muted. This happened to him before the show too, where he's talking and. Okay, can I? I'll do an impression of Adam. I think you're gonna lose. I don't like to see this. They're terrible. All right, so Adam can figure out that. Oh, well, there back. you go. We got gotcha. you. There we go. You know, you spoke before. That was uh, yeah. you spoke a little bit, but did you say the rest of what you want to say? Why is FSU uh, going to get brained in Orlando? I don't. That's not getting brained though. Is it? <laughs> getting brained like a two? Like, that's for, a forty percent chance of winning the game. Isn't that like a, a not even a touchdown dog in the game? I don't know. Why are they going to bite the pavement, man? Why are we going to get beat up so bad? I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to get beat up bad. You think the FSU's really, gonna, do you, I think it's going to be a really competitive game. I think saying that they've got a 70% chance of winning this game, that means they're like a 10-point favorite in the game. That's absurd. Mm, right? going is it absurd? Game, going into the football game, they're a 10-point favorite? Boys, I think I think FSU is going to skull – Make love to LSU. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, that's even worse. I wish you would have just said the thing and we could have beefed it. <laughs> no, I'm live. Um, I just have a hard time seeing them as a. Okay, set, Adam, a what do you think? What's your final kind of score prediction for this game? Like a three ish point it, FSU loss? No, I mean, I think they win, but I, I mean, well, I, then why wouldn't you put it over 50%? I think they win. I think they win. No, but I, I hate I point think, share. I, mean, oh, God, I, was, I was close to putting my point share too low. It down a little bit because I was just trying to play safe. I tend to take these things a little bit cautiously. Okay, According, that's fair. I found you a, just a number 50, 50, We're six and six on AB's thing. No, we're not. Okay, hold up. We'll talk number stuff in a second. Adam, so you actually do think that FSU's probably going to win? It's going to be a very similar game to last year. It's a coin flip. And that was it was it's a not, one pointer. Point Brendan, go ahead. Point point. Bre- okay, whatever. <laughs> Brendan, why do you think Florida State's going to win by five touchdowns? You you seventy percent is pretty strong, that. dude. That's uh, pretty strong. So last year's game, and I know that was last year, uh, but both teams return a lot, and both teams add more via the transfer portal and more seasoning and and whatnot. So there's at least some like stuff that you can take away from last year. Um, granted, Brian Kelly's first game. I get that. But like FSU rewatching it like multiple times at this point. I know there's fluky stuff that happened on both sides. FSU didn't cash in as much as I feel like FS or LSU cashed in on the fluky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so with that in my I feel like FSU probably should have won that game by two scores. Yep. And yeah. that was at LSU. Now it's in Orlando, which will probably skew towards a more FSU crowd, and unless a bunch of people from Louisiana and want to go to Disney for the weekend, maybe that'll that would be some fun people watching. <laughs> that would be some fun people watching. Why do they got two turkey legs at once? What's happening? Yeah, that um, was a terrible Bayou accent, but okay. Why so do they you... got two turkey legs at once? They're going oh, no. much better. Good. <laughs> See, constructive criticism. Okay, what do you think? What do you think, man? If you had to, do you want to do a little um, score prediction? Like, what I do you just... think the margin of victory is going to be? I think FSU is going to win by a comfortably like a like a comfortable touchdown. Like I don't understand why they're underdogs. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't. I'm sure people are going to accuse me of being a homer. I'm a UCF grad. Maybe it's because I hate what uh, what Joe Burrow did to UCF a few years ago. I don't know. I just I don't understand why this FSU team seems to be significantly better with what it returns. LSU seems to be slightly better. Why they expect the game to be flipped? as what it was last year. I think FSU should be uh, able to win it fairly comfortably. And I love what I've seen from the team in preseason camp, and I think that is probably 
uh, playing a role in, in how I view this team uh, going into this big game. That and there's been, and I don't know if this is hyped up or whatever, there has been reports of unrest out of LSU's camp, injuries, like you guys said, suspensions. Just It seems like a very turbulent camp. And for whatever reason, Mike has had Brian Kelly's number as yeah. far as out coaching, out coaching the spread. He's always done very well against him. And I think he's done pretty well in these first games of the season. Like isn't even that, isn't that, that one and two against him. Yeah, right, but, but I'm talking about, about the spread. Like, spread. I that, think he that, averages that 2020 FSU. These are numbers, Adam. So there's a thing called the spread, and these yeah, are so numbers. I'm just saying. I mean, I think he averages four points above the spread against Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, yeah. if you average the past three games. Yeah, so that's a coaching effect type thing. Where do we all think? Do we all think that FSU beats LSU? I'm going to pick FSU to beat LSU. I know that's. Obvious because I had seventy percent. I know, but okay. Anybody else? Does everybody else think that FSU wins that game? Because I think that's kind of a big deal because the underdog right now. The the only thing. Yeah, the Brendan does. Zach does. Okay, (laughs) Kevin, do you or not? I'll take FSU, but it's it's it. What um, gives you pause? Brian, there's a first year coach deficit. Pretty much, if you look at any school that's not named TCU, in the early signing day era. First-year coaches underperform pretty much across the board. So you can bet against them consistently, and you'll you'll make good money. Um, but that that effect goes away year two. So we're we got them game one, year one of Brian Kelly. I think we got some advantage just based off that that we won't necessarily have. But I still think that just there. We're the slightly better team, so I'll, okay. I'll take FSU. But it's I, I don't think we got full LSU last season. Right, you never, you never want to take the full LSU. We think that there could be like a nice progression, right? We think there could be a nice year one to year two jump, which I don't know if is getting factored into this. Chris, do you think we win? I do. Uh, I feel the game is pretty close to a coin flip, personally. Um, but I, I will be picking FSU. That's my plan as of right now, going into game week. I think FSU is an extremely good football team. I think I've been kind of consistent with my confidence and what I've seen, especially as the preseason's worn on. I think LSU is a really good football team, too. I think the one area that makes me have confidence FSU will win is FSU's receiving core against an LSU secondary that's fairly unsettled. Dane, how many picks does AZ Thomas have, and how many do we win by? <laughs> I, I, I do think um, I, I want to say, I mean, my uh, – win total thing like it looks more like a coin flip but i don't i mean i feel pretty confident that fsu is going to win i think um which i didn't expect to think like before fall camp i guess i think in spring camp he gave me the truth here i might have picked lsu to win mm-hmm. um i think they're kind of built similar to fsu in the way that they're very complete they don't really have noticeable holes where they lack talent or they lack you know any depth or anything like that um but I just I think LSU or LSU I think FSU just has I, I don't know um, I lost my train of thought but I think they have a quarterback advantage most likely um, and I think yeah like Chris was saying the biggest the biggest you know group first group difference there is in the entire matchup is FSU's wide receivers versus LSU's quarterbacks that's an actual question mark for them that's secondary. Um, Based that's, on that's the only hole, right? I don't know if LSU has a hole. I'd say yeah. that DB group is pretty unspectacular to good. I'd also say that, believe it or not, their running backs aren't really. Uh, I'm like, eh, a meh on them. 
So I, and if you're going to, if you don't want to be at a deficit at a talent group, it's your defensive backs going against these absolute psychopaths that are Florida state's wide receiver core Adam. So everybody's picking a W Adam. Are you picking a W despite what the funny number sheet says? Uh, no. You're picking a loss. I'm picking a dub. I think we're going to win by 10 plus. I think we're going to smack them around and I cannot wait. Hold me to it. I feel really good about it. I think we got better. I think we're more cohesive. And I think they got, I don't know, they lost a lot. They lost a lot on that defensive line and no Mason Smith. I feel good about our chances. Let's move on. Game two, home opener, Southern Mississippi. Everybody thinks we win 98s, 99s, 95s. Nothing to talk about there. Hopefully FSU's 2-0. and We all think that except for Adam. He's got us at 1-1 one and one right now. Moving on to game number three at Boston College. We all think that this is a pretty near victory too. I guess the lowest would be Zach and myself at like 85%. To me, that has nothing really to do with BC's team. It's just that weird environment up there. Zach, is yeah. that, I mean, we, we're all expecting a win. I mean, could yeah. it get funky up in Chestnut Hill or whatever they call it up I there? Just, I just think if, like, let's say FSU starts 2-0, and they might be looking ahead to Clemson because that is, you know, the next biggest game. Maybe the only remaining, you know, tough, tough test for Florida State on their schedule. Um, so that's what I would worry about. But, you know, I still expect them to win handedly. Anybody think this could be a potential trap game? Do we see any trap games on the schedule? And if you do, and it's not this one, wait until we get to it. The, the trap games definitely appear later in the season. Uh, just weird things do happen at Chestnut Hill, no matter the time of year. It's happened in 2013, year. right? 2013, uh, the 2017 game where we knew that the team definitively had quit on Jimbo Fisher. Uh, <sighs> they ever. Oh my God. 2019 was also like just a wild game where like uh, Jordan Travis debut and Willie Tiger had just been fine. It's just, yeah, uh, Chestnut Hill, just a weird, weird place to play. You never know what you're going to get with an environment. Usually pretty sleepy unless it's a red bandana game. Yeah, just, just a weird deal to go up there. But these, uh, BC's talent deficiency is so stark that I just on paper, I don't know how you could feel BC really has a legitimate chance at all against FSU. How far in advance did they announce the bandana thing? Uh, I would imagine pretty – it probably already announced. I don't think it, Florida State's going to get it, but okay. I should probably look that up. All yeah, right, this game is scheduled for a Saturday, so that's yeah, not – All right, fantastic. Smack them around. Very good. All right. Clemson, we all think they're going to lose, except nope, Dane is in, Oh, Chris thinks we're going to win Dane, at 55%. Dane has us as a coin flip, and then everybody else is like slightly like 40s, 45s, things like that. Adam, you're the low man of the group. <laughs> you get to go first. What do you think? I mean, it, it's at Clemson, right? Like, this is the tough one. A lot of people think that there's going to be a rematch in the championship game between these two teams. What do you think? Is it something about Clemson? Is it the environment, Adam? Why are you not as confident? And we're collectively all not very confident in this game. Much more confident in LSU versus this one. What gives you pause and predicts probably a loss at this one? Adam? I just think they have the potential to to expose your offensive line again, like they did last year. And sure, I know the game ended up closer than what it than maybe what it appeared. But I mean, I think that Florida State did some damage when it was okay for. Clemson allow them to do some damage and then it kind of got away from Clemson a little bit at the end but I just uh I think that that defensive line's got the potential to be really good and you know if they are then we're going to find out how good uh the FSU offensive line ceiling is all right oh I'm out of the club I don't know what that means um okay 
wind chair alert. If everybody wants to readjust, it is going to be the red bandana game at Boston College. So just adjust all your point totals, flip it off the board. Nothing ever happens. It's bizarre land. Cats are making love with dogs. It's raining upside down. Nothing. You can't ever take a red bandana game for granted. It's pandemonium. Um, Chris, you think FSU is going to get the job done? You're expecting a four and start from there. What, what do you think? Why do you think that they can kind of exercise the demons that have been the Clemson Tigers as of late for Florida? State? Well, I, I did the exercise as a numbers game. I mean, I think FSU, Clemson, FSU, LSU, the likelihood is more likely one and one than two and zero. Oh, but I don't expect zero oh and two. I guess it's the best way I can put that. Mm-hmm. I picked both at 0.55. Um, why can FSU beat Clemson? Well, one, I don't think they'll shit the bed in the middle eight this year like they did last year for just being <laughs> All right. Secondly, uh, Clemson's offense, what is it going to be? I mean, we know what they're going to be able to do with their running back, what they're going to be able to do in the running game. Is Cade Klubnick going to be the guy that gets them back on track as far as having that quarterback who allows them to be a high-powered offense? Or are they going to still be kind of stuck as they have in the last two years with regards to their offensive capability? I think the biggest thing for me, I think FSU's taken a pretty significant step forward. I think Clemson, while still very good, the only thing they've got over FSU is that winning streak in the sense of the reasons going into this game why I'd be hesitant to pick FSU. Clemson has done a very good job of obviously owning this conference since FSU allowed it to be relinquished, and FSU's got to get past it. I think that is one where it's a mental obstacle. But again, as I said earlier in the show, I don't think this team has an issue we're kind of staring directly into a mental obstacle and turning it into ammunition for themselves. Kev, what do you think about this Clemson team? I, I think it is the quarterback thing is interesting. New offensive coordinator, Lincoln Riley's brother from TCU. New quarterback, as we saw with the DJ, it's not always an ascension. The next guy isn't always going to be the guy, and that's why he's at Oregon State right now and not continuing to play quarterback for Clemson. It's not automatic. What do you think of this Clemson team, Kev? You watch a lot of film. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the Clemson D defense is ever going to be what it was under Venables. You saw a step back last year. I think mm-hmm. you're going to see another kind of half step back this year. The only thing that concerns me is that uh, Dabo Sweeney woke up and hired someone that was not like his brother's, you know, ex-wife's, <laughs> you know, a parish in the whatever something. church they have. Yeah, right. Yeah, like... And and I think that the Riley hire is a really good hire at offensive coordinator. I don't necessarily believe in Club Nick, but I also believe that offensive coordinators can make quarterbacks look better than they are. Um or make them look as good as they are, you know. Um, See so, Miami, because it can do the opposite as well yeah, when they lost know. the SMU guy. So I'll be interested to see how Riley works out for them. I, I think that Dabo did what he needed to do to stay relevant, and that makes me scared going up to Clemson with someone who's proven to be an offensive coordinator at a Power 5 level that's capable and actually downright good. So we think everybody predicts a loss except for Chris. Kind of, I I think they're gonna I think they're gonna lose this one. I think we're gonna we're gonna get our lick back in the rematch. But does everybody think we lose this game pretty much? Uh, yes or no? You've got it in your in your sheet. <laughs> Hammer the point home when I said it. No, you you got it yeah, so I said I think we're gonna lose. So everybody thinks we're gonna lose. Okay, thank. You. I yeah. understand. No waffling, I understand. Brendan, no waffling. Brendon, you said th- you threw. Th- are you going against the numbers after beating up no, on my guy? Losing. AB? I have them okay. losing. Good. Oh, no well, he was about dude. to waffle. He did. I, I, I saw the waffle face game, his. But no, I, yeah, you got to. Hey, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Am I right? Woo! Right. Brendan Woo! predicts a crushing loss. Okay, <laughs> I, next I, game. Oh, I think. Ahead. I think. I think LSU is better than Clemson is probably. I think if they were fa- uh, play head to head, I think LSU would definitely be favored. 
Um, yeah. But I think it's harder to be Clemson because you just haven't done it. And yeah, there's play in Death Valley it's and Death it's, Valley. Yeah. yeah, all these things. So, yeah. It, but, but as far as matchup to matchup, you know, all the context of the emotions and history or whatever out of it, I feel like, you know, I, definitely a coin flip game. Who does Clemson you, play before that game? Who's the Ooh, Saturday before? Good question. I'll look for you, Kev. Okay. Young Jamie? Um, yeah, I'm with you. I can't wait to talk about all these different teams on Noel Thy Enemy version 2.0 with me and you, Dane. That's going to be they, fun. They play right? FAU. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. They'll be rested. <laughs> They'll be rested. No, Willie, Willie built that program in a good place. Whoever took over for him will we'll get it taken care of. Okay. Can they lose yesterday? <laughs> all right. <laughs> moving on. Well, you. Oh, yeah. Nah, same moving on. Yesterday. Next game. Next game after Clemson. Pretty much everybody's like three and one. VT, ah, the Trey, pretty you're low. I don't know, dude, because I thought a seventy percent chance of winning is. I thought that's pretty good. Like against against a like a any any power five team. Like the fact that you're going to beat them seven out of ten times. I thought that was pretty good. Like I don't think anything's guaranteed. We've definitely seen way crazier upsets than VT losing to FSU. I expect them to comfortably win the game but i thought 70 percent. i thought that was pretty good 95 <laughs> dude that's like something that's like fsu versus like toledo or something i feel like toledo's better just... than vt probably yeah vt they're, garbage they're bad this year they're, you're they're gonna be three touchdown favorite in that game okay that that's my ignorance of the vt program then uh i think we all think it's a win anybody anything about this matchup that's interesting that anybody want to talk about Nope. Sorry. See ya. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, who's their coach? Anyway, Brent Syracuse. Brent Brent Pride. Penn State. This isn't. This is wild. Now, this, to me, this is where it's not going to look that much different than win share, like win totals from last year, because everybody would have had us beaten VT with last year's team in Syracuse. The fact that we've got ACC games is 80, 85, 95% confidence of winning. That's a marked difference, and that shows you just how much better we think this team is, even though it might not show out in the individual win-loss. Anything about Syracuse, I think this starts a nice little home stretch for FSU where we're going to start slapping some people around. Anybody want to say anything nice about Syracuse? Babers might not even be the head coach by then. Who knows? Nope. Yeah, All Syracuse had they had a little resurgence because Robert and I, as good as his job, came in one mm. year as no C, looked pretty good for a second, then uh, he left, so... Oh, and they also lost their good DBs. So yeah, they had a really talented secondary, and they're all gone. Lesser secondary, lesser running game. Aronde Godson's still a badass, one of the better players in the league, but that's not enough. Yeah, yeah, we we understand percentages. Um, okay, moving on. Not everybody. Some people in the the some people in the comment section don't understand the percentages we're talking about. Um, yeah, Yeah. this isn't necessarily straight wins and losses. All right. Well, okay. Once again. The point eights, they represent how like the probability that we think FSU is going to win this game. So for Duke, everybody has them pretty high. Adam, what gives you pause about Duke? I don't know. Yeah, that was one I was just like, all right, I'm going to put something down. I kind of like you. I think they're going to win. <laughs> a lot of effort being shown into this show. This is how the sausage is made, boys. And girls. Uh, who you know, knows I don't know. It's one of those ones. Like, I think quarterback, right? I think Duke's going to compete with them throughout the games. Like, it's not one of those ones I think is just going to be an outright blowout. Like, sure. That's why I just won 60. But like, I'm a, I still think they beat them by a decent margin in the end. Duke, Duke is super interesting because they bring back a pretty good quarterback. Their trench play, like on both sides of the ball, I seem like it should be like yeah, well they've above got a good defensive lineman. Yeah, they have a good defensive lineman, the left tackle on Blank, and then uh, Barton. Graham yeah. Barton is really like they have good trench players. Um, so that's like seems to be, he seems to understand 
the pulse of that team and yep. kind of you know he knows defense so yeah but like they, they also had a pretty easy schedule last year right. and won a lot of close games schedules markedly so they're going to be like an interesting fun team to watch like did they right. return to earth or do they keep building on it so the, be they they open with clemson on a monday so it's going to kind of be a litmus test i love their quarterback i think he's a cat he's a very casual uh good football player who kind of just takes the game as it comes to him they got one of the better receivers in the league that people don't talk enough about, Calhoun. Mm-hmm. I, I like Elko a heck of a lot. I think Mike Elko is mm-hmm. a real good football coach. I think he's yeah, great same. for the Duke program. I just don't think Duke has the firepower to keep up with FSU. Mm-hmm. And as good of a coach as I think Elko is, I don't think they got the dudes on defense to get the stops, no matter how good he can scheme it up. Especially at this point of the season, we're like talking about depth starting to yeah. play a role. And right, right. I, so I think this is kind of time of year where you see FSU distinguish itself a little bit midseason. We're going to get a lot of answers on them this week. I mean, they play Clemson week one, so we're going to yep. we're going to find out a lot about Duke and where they're at. Good point. Okay, so we think out of that three game stretch, the one where FSU has the biggest chance to maybe fumble is against like Duke, as opposed to VT or Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. the best team of those three. That's probably the biggest reason why. Moving on. At oh, revenge Wake. game. Interesting. Okay, this is not Sam Hartman. We saw him through for 9 million touchdowns in Ireland. That's fantastic. Go away forever. My Wait. wife loved his beard, by the way. She just kept talking about it. Kind of, it was dazzling. It was, it was, it was, it was quite splendid. For sure. Well, the beard is gone. The slow mesh stays at Wake. FSU has had trouble with Wake. And Dave Clawson has done a good job coaching against Mike Norvell. Boy, did they ever exploit a weakness against us last year with that wide nine concept. They ate our tackles lunch, and they they beat us. That was one of the games where, you know, NC State, Clemson, they got it within a score. But, like, Wake, you got, you got beat. You just got beat. And not many teams could say that about Florida State last year. What do we think the difference is this year? Uh, I'm going to go with Dane. What do we think about this year's Wake Forest team? Swerve. I think they're not going to be as good as they were last year because they got absolutely killed in the transfer portal. Um, Wake Forest, Dave Clawson is really good at building his program up to where he doesn't need to, I guess, recruit well and that sort of thing because he builds up to where, you know, all the guys he has playing are for the most part are really old guys. It's like a, it's kind of a unique, unique program in that way, I guess, or at least somewhat. Um, but they, they did have some higher level talent and it's, I don't think they have much of it anymore, I guess. Like, A.T. Perry's gone to the NFL. Um, mm. They still have – I think they still have Donovan Green, who's a pretty good but wide he's receiver. Out. He, he's out for three to five months, so they're not going to oh. have him. Yeah. Well, that's a I huge loss him. for sure. Jamal Banks, I guess, would be the best guy they have yeah. on the roster then, um, or hopefully for when they play FSU. He is a good wide receiver for sure. But um, other than that, I mean, you lost him, Hartman. We'll see how much that plays into it. He played a really good game for Notre Dame but in their opener against Navy. But uh, whether they can replace him, I guess this remained to be seen, but I know they're optimistic there. And then on defense, along the defensive line, you're talking about how they ate FSU's lunch last season. They had guys like uh, uh, Kobe Turner. He was a PFF All-American, basically. He's a super mm-hmm. good defensive lineman for them. He's not there anymore. He's gone to the NFL. And um, I'm blanking on his name, but Rondo, he's yeah, they, they lost, yeah, he's yeah, at Oklahoma lost, now. Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah, big time transfer there. I mean... They, yeah, I don't think they're going to be as talented as they were a season ago. And FSU is definitely a better team than they were a season ago. So it's probably a team that you should you should just be able to take care of. I think Zach, you agree? 
Yeah, I think you covered it well. I was going to bring up those uh, defensive line departures. I think I think that edge guy, uh, the Rondell Bothroyd guy that, that transferred to Oklahoma, I think he was going to be a guy that could have, you know, cemented himself as, as one of the top edge guys in the country, especially in the ACC this this coming year. And, and him leaving, I think, leaves that line kind of decimated. Um, and, and that's really, you know, that's the line that, that gave FSU so much trouble last year um, uh, in that game. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, I think FSU is going to win that one. I like you, though. I like Dane's confidence as he sips on that fuzzy navel. Like, I like that. Very confident. His confidence is exuded to me. We talked about potential trap games. Is this one that any of you guys have penciled in? Weird environment at Wake. Always terrible, horrible system to have to prepare for. Um, anybody feeling, are we all feeling extreme confidence in this game? I, I, I feel, feel like FSC is going to run it up on them. Ooh, really? I do. Uh, A.T. Perry not being there, Donovan Green being hurt, quarterback change. I don't think their offense is going to be as good as it was. I think FSU's secondary is going to be better, and this is a game where FSU's secondary got kind of whooped last year. Mm-hmm. It got overshadowed by the fact that FSU's O-line had a worse game than any other unit. I think FSU's O-line is better, and their D-line is worse than it was last year, which should allow FSU to be better. And I just think it's one of those things where FSU's going to exercise the demons when it comes to Wake Forest. Brendan, what do you think? Mm, I think that there's usually – one game, two games each year that we'll split, Chris and I. One person will go on the road to, the other one will stay home. Chris is so confident, I say you get to go to Greensboro and cover Wake Forest. Wow. Well, well see, it's the weekend of my wife's birthday, and I've missed that uh, like five years in a row. So we're not doing that this year. What's <laughs> Chris's favorite game? Request denied. I, I think Dane's got something to say. Dane, go ahead, bud. You got something. Let her I, out. Wake Forest can always – score points against most teams that are just going to score points because that scheme is so strong. Um, but I think if you have either a, a really dominant front six to where you can just focus on the passing mm-hmm. part of it, I guess um, you can kind of just shut down the run and leave that, you know, the RPO stuff. I mean, that's kind of what they thrive off of. And the slow mesh kind of lets the passing part of the RPO kind of expand to a greater part of the field. I think that's really hard to stop, but if you have corners that can either just man up and, man up on those wide receivers and shut them down, or you have a front that's just not going to give it up in the run game. I think that makes it a lot easier. And I feel like FSU probably is both of those things. All right. So, I like it. Um, yeah. That's what I thought last year. And, and Wake Forest is a team. <laughs> Wake Forest is the team that a lot of programs got decimated by COVID having those like 25 year old, like COVID super seniors, Dave Clawson was just like licking his chops, dude. That was an old ass team. That AARP ass team smacked us around last year. I'm with, I'm with you. We get our lick back. We get our revenge as a little F you as we leave the conference, hopefully soon. Next game. At Pitt. Okay, I want to go to the lowest guy, but the lowest guy has consistently been Adam. So I'm going to let somebody else say something. <laughs> I'm the second Kev, lowest. That's you're you got it. You got my drift. Sixty three percent chance. Sneaky tough game, Kev. Yeah. So Pitt is designed to upset you. Um, in the same sense, they're they're very similar to an NC State. Uh, in my opinion, they're going to be a team that is going to sit. They're going to play defense. They're going to run the clock with their offense. They're going to try to keep the the game low scoring. And that's how they that's that's why Pitt is always the team during Clemson's little run that was giving them fits because they're going to slow you down. They're going to slow the game down and they're going to make the game as much of a coin flip as they possibly can. And they're going to play really good defense doing it. And I think 
they'll probably want to be one of the better defenses FSU faces is after they just kind of that you know they're going to put energy into beating Wake Forest. Absolutely, Chris. Um, <laughs> and I think with the new with the new clock rules that shortens the length of the game. Upset minded built teams like this, I w- I think Florida State's going to win. But I think you get to make it feel comfortable. They're going to have to have some explosive scoring plays, and like put it on them quick. They got the potential of doing that. Did it ten years ago against Pitt. See if they can do it again. Every, anybody else feel like this could be a sneaky, possibly like trap game? It's for two game, two little game road trip. Adam, what do you think? Adam does. Uh, Adam first, then Chris. No, I just think this is. You talked about Wake. I think they're going to. I think they're going to beat Wake handedly, and then this game poses an issue for you in at pit against that cover four defense, which is going to challenge you. They're going to, they're going to stop the run with nine guys. They're going to take away your deep shot plays. Um, they're going to challenge you to be efficient. And that's not always been this offense's strong suit. Um, so very true. Again, yeah, they lost um, the, the guy to, I can't think of his name right now for some reason, but he's with the the Bucks' first pick. Kalijah Kansi. Kalijah Kansi, thank you. They lost him, but they always seem to find good, smaller, twitchy three techs that present issues uh, against interior offensive lines. So I'm always looking out for the, the next name out of that school that's going to be a, a hellion as a pass rusher. Um, and then they just – they play really sound fundamental defense that makes you beat them. And, you know, you've got some rivalry games coming up. You come off a, a potentially a good road victory against Wake Forest. This just seems like a sneaky spot for me. I think they win. I just think it's close. It's funny. I have a high win total, but I think this is the biggest trap game on FSC's schedule. I yeah. think Kevin A.B. both laid it out very well. I think Narduzzi can coach first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of those dudes that can scheme up and make it difficult for you. Phil Jerkovich, when he's good, is very Thank good. You. Yes, good We'll point. see if he gets back to being that. Um, right. He's He's got an OC there who I think he's going to fit well with. We'll see what kind of weapons they have around him. Pitt's one of those teams I kind of need to see him to know what we're dealing with in the sense of who and what they're going to be offensively. I don't worry about him defensively. Narduzzi's going to get him in shape have him ready to do things. He's going to figure out the strengths and play to his strengths and figure out how to hide the weaknesses on that side of the ball. That's his forte, and he's good at it. So, yeah, I have a, what, eight, I think, point eight on the win share, but I think Pitt is probably the one that promotes come up and kind of snatch FSU, especially because I do believe they're going to do what they're going to do to Wake that I mentioned a few minutes ago. I think that good plays, good feelings, it's a little bit for concern, but with this team, I don't think trap games are going to be a massive issue. I think they've mm-hmm. got enough of a mature group, again, goal-oriented, especially if they're in that discussion at this point in the season. I don't think they're going to allow that to happen. Right, and it's one of those teams where we're really good at matchups, right? One, like any gaping holes to exploit. Pitt don't really have too many of those on the defensive side, so you just got to kind of have a good – you got to have a good – at least historically – you got to have a good game overall. They're maybe going to really test you in that intermediate pass game. We've really, really talked about Jordan Travis's improvement. That's going to be one where if they can take care of business there, make it comfortable, a lot of that's going to have to do with Jordan Travis and a lot of those guys can maybe intermediate threats like Jaheim Bells. Maybe it's Destin Hill breakout game. That'd be fun. Out of the backfield, Tofili, Rodney Hill, things like that. That'll be interesting. Moving on. Miami, we don't see a problem here at all with this team. And I think 
a lot of it, it's not just sour grapes because of the Saquon Patterson recruitment and all the fun things that have been posted recently. I think Mario Cristobal, and Chris said it first, so I can reiterate as the second guy saying it, I think he's a shit game day coach. I think he's players get worse, and he stacks talent, and he's a heck of a recruiter. I don't think he can make coordinator hires to save his life. Maybe he did this year. I just, he gets involved too much, and I don't, when it's Norvell versus Cristobal, the talent disadvantage would have to be so huge for me to pick Miami because I am so down on him as a game day coach. They are awful. We ran the same (laughs) offensive play 7 million times last year and beat them to death with supposedly two of the best like safeties in the entire conference. We bombed on them over the top. Add Keon Coleman to that mix Add a better offensive line minus a Daryl Jackson Add a Trey Benson, like fully confident and healthy. I think we're going to beat their ass again. I'm not really worried about it. Somebody tell me when I'm telling lies. I think their offensive line's got the potential to be better. They okay. seem to be, they seem to think that it's going to be better. We'll see if Leonard Taylor ever puts it all together. If he does, he's a force in the middle that they, that you can struggle to block. Um, Shit, they can't be worse than they were last year. They freaking blew last year. They were really bad. So maybe yeah. maybe just natural progression of things. But yeah. am I being too mean to the Miami team? I mean, they got I'll, some guys, dude. I'll, Kenshin's is good. Go ahead, Kev. I'll say they're starting a lot of freshmen, which is probably good because then they won't have the opportunity to kind of mess <laughs> them up as time goes on. <laughs> um, so at least they'll you know, be as fresh as possible from when they received good coaching. What are you guys' thoughts about sleepovers <laughs> in August? A little warm for that? You'd probably wait till it's a little chillier, or no? We good? Uh, dude, we good? Do what you do what you can. Don't do, pay for them. Don't pay um, Kevin, you, I love talking with you about Miami because you're so conscientious and thoughtful and objective and stoic. But God, you kind of hate Miami, dude. Tell me why you're secretly with me. Like what? Why you don't like Miami in this game, do you, brother? It's not that I hate Miami. It's that I think Mario Cristobal is not any good. Um, say it, it, it. Say what I said, but say it for like actual factual reasons and make it smarter than me. Because you've got way better reasons than my appeal to emotion. Why does he suck? Um, I first of all, I, <laughs> first of all, I think it starts in the off season. I I, I think that oh, the, well, I can't hate on a mustache brother on their strength and conditioning staff. Well, I, I don't. I think he's not any good. Uh, to be honest, if he comes from the same coaching tree that Willie Taggart came from, uh, Willie Taggart got in trouble for you know getting kids rhabdo. A uh, bit rhabdo. <laughs> a serious concern, not because a not only because you're putting kids in serious danger, but it also tells me that you don't understand how the sport works on a very basic level hydration <laughs> well, like your kids hydration. football isn't an endurance sport football is a power sport how much power can you generate in five to ten seconds because that's how how long a play is it is not soccer it is not cross country if you're running your kids to death you don't know the game of football from an institutional level so i I don't believe in their strength and conditioning. I don't believe that I've seen anything that proves to me that players get better under his tutelage. I've seen him take really good quarterbacks like Tyler Van Dyke, like Justin Herbert, and make them worse players on the field. I I hope that on some level he proves me otherwise and he doesn't squander these very talented kids' careers as a head coach, but so far he has not shown me much to prove otherwise. Anybody else disagree? 
with Kev or myself. I, I don't necessarily disagree. I think FSU is going to win that game. and I don't see them having that much of an issue. Um, I will note, like, with their offensive line, they're they're likely going to play a true freshman, and he's a very talented true freshman, but we saw what Jared Burst did to a talented true freshman at LSU last year who's now coming back uh, at LSU as one of their best players. So, you know, playing a, playing a true freshman in the trenches is, is not always something – um, that you can you can predict will have a positive outcome, and I know like I think they released like a or you know our website our uh, Miami website released like a, a projected depth chart today, and and it seemed like uh, one of their top offensive linemen was still injured in Zion Nelson. Mm. He didn't play much at all last year. I think at all last year, um, and he he's probably their top like you know besides the true freshman they brought in like their p- top like draft offensive line draft guy like he, he's been projected high even though not having much production just because of the measurables and stuff that he's put on tape previously in his career so i think that's something noteworthy i'm not scared of their skill i think their db core is probably one of the strengths their d line i think the interior is not very worrisome i think the edge guys could be good if nigel Lee kelly like i think he's a guy that's probably coming on for them yep. i think they i think they uh, upgraded massively in their linebacker core um, but to me, I, I still think FSU wins wins that game, and, and I don't see them, have them having much trouble doing so. If there's an issue, it's because of the defense. Because I do think that they, they, he got he seemed at least in coaching circles, a lot of people thought that they got themselves a good DC. So we'll see with the Gidry guy. We'll see. I'm just I'm low on them, and maybe they'll prove me wrong, and I'll look like an idiot a couple months down the road. I'm not super worried about it. Next game, and that's going to be a nice environment too. The home schedule at home is real soft. I know a lot of people that are penciling in this game. That environment is going to be stupid, dude. With hopefully, Trey, like a, Trey you got to come down for that game. Talk to the boys at CBS, man. I can, <laughs> Des Moines Airport has nice flights that time of year, man. Give me a vouchy. I'd love, I'd do some man on the street stuff. Knowles 24 7 people demand that I go to that game. That's I've what I want. This, right this is not on the script, but I'm going to take full advantage of it. Demand, <laughs> we get there too. Grassroots of movement. <laughs> all the CBS Chicken people, battles in, in get clap, me right? down. Ingram, if you're here, if you're on the PJ, swing right up to that beautiful Des Moines airport. They got some nice private FBOs, fixed base operators. I'll hop on the PJ. We'll go down. We'll represent. I'll rub it right in Mario's face. Get Trey to Florida State. Start the campaign. Moving on. Shameless plug. North Alabama, they die. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> they lost Moving some Merc- They lost some Mercer this past week. Oh boy. Whew, not the buyers. All right. At UF. Everybody's confident in this game. Oh, thanks. Josh gave me tickets. Let's thanks. go. Um, Adam, you high on UF. You rival- this has always been, even when Florida State's good, this is always a weird game. And it is- I'll never pick this above a point <laughs> ever. Never. Okay. It's never just happened. the nature of the game. Is there anything? Now you know what it explains. 1997 <laughs> UF will live with AB forever. This game is this game, this game, just a war. I mean, they they do recruit well, and I mean, we'll see if the Watson kid can play football for more than five. He's a big boy, year, that's a big beefy boy. They right just now. they just always find a way to match up well with Florida State, no matter what yeah. the hell's going on. I, I I just won't I won't allow myself to do it. We I think that them losing the 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 Torrance kid that kid was a the phenomenal he was. he was a phenomenal interior offensive lineman I think that that's the game where the depth of Florida State's interior is really going to show up if they can shut down that running game and make Graham Mertz have to do Graham Mertz stuff that plays into Florida State's hands really well 
I just think Florida State's the better team. That environment is going to be tough. There's going to be a million like reptile creatures screaming in the stands, going crazy. They're going to play yep. for everything. I don't know how good they're going to be, so they're going to have everything invested into that game, and it's going to be a tough out. Does anybody expect Florida State to lose that game? I don't, but I want to make a good point on this. Oh, well, your points are always good, Chris. Go yeah, very so presumptuous. One, it's wild to think that when FSU last went to UF, they were playing for bowl eligibility and what they may be playing for when they go there this year. Mm-hmm. The second thing I would bring up, when they were playing for bowl eligibility two years ago, they lost their ever-loving minds, FSU did there, and panicked, basically. And I think it's going to be an amazing uh, context of flipping two years of what FSU will be mentally in that game this year versus what they were two years ago. I think it just speaks to the growth of the program as an entirety. I think so, too. I think they take care of business. Because, you, like I said, UF, I don't think they're going to have a great year. They've got some pieces. I'm higher on Napier as a coach than Cristobal. And they could really want to play spoiler to what could be a very – like if they if that could be the L to keep Slur State out of the college football playoff, I think we all still have them playing in the ACC championship game. That could be big. That's going to be an interesting environment and a true test of all, of all this culture stuck has really got its roots in the team. All right, let's go to the totals now. Now we've got we took all the numbers. Okay, what? Can I can I address some something? Yeah, go ahead. So this this is a this is a good question by Briley. Are y'all lower on beating UF than UM? Explain that, please. I I am. I am. Absolutely. I am too. And this is this is my reasoning. If you look at like advanced metrics at the end of the year last year, Florida ended up like a top thirty team. They, they were a decent team. I don't think that their record indicated how the talent level on that team. Or if you look for Miami, I mean, I don't even know where they are. I have to Things scroll down else. a while. Miami was the 79th best team last year. Yeah. You don't jump from being the 79th best team to the 30th best team. Right. Florida was already there. They are a much better football team last year, and they'll probably be a much better football team this year, even with Graham Mertz at quarterback. I think Napier is a better coach than crystal ball especially game planning i think think the biggest hole is night and day better than i think the biggest thing is the environment you're playing on the road in the swamp like that's just i mean yeah like i I think most of us predicted fsu to win in 2021 um you know obviously not predicting that jordan travis is gonna get hurt in that game but you know florida state should have won that game and they did not and i think the environment had a lot to do with it so to me I think that's the biggest difference. You know, even if the Miami game was on the road, we know that's not really an environment. Bye. So, yeah, um, I think I think uh, that's why for me, UF seems like a tougher win. Uh, yeah, I'm more impressed with that program. I like their scheme offensively. I th- they do have the potential to. It's not the same team. They lost a lot of talent on that team, and I know that they're stacking and they're doing well in recruiting. But I I think it's gonna be a down year for them. But they might it might all kind of gel at the end of the year when they play Florida State. I still think we take the dub on them much, mm-hmm. much more concerned with that game than I am with the Miami game. But like Chris has pointed out multiple times, this is a different team mindset. I think this is not 2021. Like he said, this is going to, it's going to look markedly different. They're going to take care of their business with their beach by Dre headphones on reading that very nice. Let's dominate message from uh, beach by Dre ambassador, Jordan Travis, copyright trademark, registered trademark. All right, let's go to the win totals. Put all the numbers in the number machine. And the final. See, this is what I'm talking about. So Zach has us at about nine wins. I have us at nine wins. Chris has us at 10. Adam has us at eight and a half. 
everybody else is either nine or 10. I think this is a minimum 10 win football team. I did the number stupidly. I think it's a 10 win football team. And I think they got a real good chance to be 11. Does who agrees with what their win total spoke out? Does anybody actually think this is going to be a nine win football team? Well, if it's over nine and a half, then it's 10 wins. We can yeah. say that. That's well, there's, there's eight, eight nines, nine oh eights. Mo- about half of us had them at nine and three, according to the numbers. And I don't think any of us think they're going to be nine and three. Right. Right. Uh, I, I said on, uh, go ahead, Brendan. I was saying that's possible. That exists. Mm-hmm. The the line, the Vegas line is nine and a half. So like, it's not crazy to say nine, especially if injuries in the wrong Correct, areas yeah. to occur. Um, but I've said consistently this off season, I think like we view this team in the prism of, can you win 10 games? And that, that is, that is growth. That is progress. This is a program that pushed a lot of its chips into this year because of what it was returning, what it was able to retain thanks to the battles in, and then what it was able to bring in uh, through the transfer portal, plus the development that is a real thing that happened. So like 10 wins is how we should view this team. Like if you are taking a step forward, are you going to the next level? That's the baseline. That's the expectation of what should be viewed as a, a good, solid, acceptable season to me. So like nine and a half to 10, like, that's about where you're at. Unfortunately, you can't win nine and a half games in college football, right? Yep. All right. I'm going to play the longevity dance game that they play at weddings. Everybody hold your hands up right now. Hold your hands up. Hold your hands up. Thank you. If you think Florida State will be nine and three or worse, put your hands down. Nine or three or worse? Or oh, worse. Sorry. All right. My bad. Kev, you Wait, have us at nine and oh, three. No, or no, yeah, yeah. So this is so there. simple. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't do like Put both your hands on the other podcast. I'm watching. Oh, all right. Everybody's up. Shut up, Adam. If you think they're going to be 10 and two or worse, put your hands down. Can I do a half a hand? No. Well, I got two. All right. So, all right. Brendan, everybody thinks that they're going to be a 10 and two except for Chris. Chris, put your hands down if you have 11 and one. Okay. Chris, you think ele- everybody thinks ten games. Chris thinks eleven. Dane, you're like doing a hand up. I don't right know now. what's going what on. What do you think the record? I know because you're very like too many fuzzy navels. What do you think the record's going to be? I think. Oh, good question. Nine and a half and two and a half. <laughs> Three pinkies up, four in the hole, like, two in the stink. What's the record going to be? I think I think eleven is more likely than nine. I think it's. I think they're probably a ten win team if we we're throwing it into odds. But I think I want to say eleven wins because I think you're you're definitely more likely uh, to win both of the LSU versus Clemson than none of them. I think you're more likely an eleven win team than a nine win team, and I okay. know those things aren't very correlated, but they were in my brain right there. I think they're going to win eleven games. Okay, eleven, eleven boys. <laughs> I got to pick which side I'm on. All right, the ambassador of the ten and two group is going to be Adam. Why is Florida State going to be ten and two this year? Me? Yes, <laughs> you're sorry, the lowest. <laughs> I'm just I'm conservative. Johnny. I'm just conservative. I don't. I'm just conservative with these things. That's all. I'm just conservative with these things. I, I, I think that that LSU matchup's a coin flip. That a game that could go either way. Um, I, I think I kind of agree with Dane. I think that they've got a better shot of winning 11 games than nine games. Um, I just think 10 and two is a sweet spot for them. It, it's going to be hard. This is a good. This is an improved football team, but I don't think. I don't know. I don't think that they're are they elite elite on the line of the scrimmage. I offensively no potential to be ex- the guys that have been there every day. Are they elite on the lines of scrimmage? 
no, but elite who, on the line. Who are they facing? Who's elite on the lines of scrimmage? I'm just, they got bullied are by they elite Oklahoma? Oklahoma? I'm just glad we're using the word elite line when it comes to getting know, to the, I love elite. They have elite depth on I, both sides. I of the think ball. they will be elite at pleasure. getting to the quarterback this year. I don't think the offensive line is elite. I'm TBD whether the whole entire defensive front is elite. I think the O line is better at short yardage. I think they're better overall, and their depth is certainly better. I think defensive line is capable of being elite, but it has to go out and do it. It also needs to stay healthy to do it. Chris, yeah. you're the president of 11 and one. Why is Florida State only going to drop one? Why are they going to take care of all the business they need to take care of as favorites and knock <laughs> off one of the big boys? I'm splitting the difference of those first two Clemson and LSU as the one loss in the regular season. Um, and my win totals lent themselves to that. Why do I think they're 11 and one? Because they're damn good. They are, they are extremely good. I think they are capable of being a top three offense in college football this year, wholeheartedly. Their ability to score points at a rampant rate exists. And I think they're a better defense than they were a year ago. And I don't think special teams is an Achilles heel that will come back to bite them in the backside. I'm riding 11 and 1 2, and I think you guys are going to find out a week from now. Unfortunately, four is more than three. So lock in the official, the official Knowles 24 7 win prediction total at 10 and 2. 10 and 2 is the official one. Lock it in. That's the one where you can yell at everybody. I'm part of 11 and 1 with Chris Nee and Dane. Zach, Brendan, Kevin, AB have us at 10 and 2. Okay. Uh, who thinks Florida State 10 and 2, 11 and 1? Who thinks that FSU wins the ACC title this year? Uh, one, Dane, two, how many people? Dane, you're one. So you think they don't, you think they actually end up going yeah. like 11 and 2? You're putting me on the spot, Trey. Is the well, it's kind of a podcast. podcast where I ask you things That's and you tell me things. It's kind of how the format is always. It's a round around. table, not a nice table. Yeah, bro. Yeah. in the back, kid. Yeah, I'll say they win the ACC. I Boom. Think. Yeah. Confirmed yeah. ACC champs, 10 and 2 at worst. If they're better, it's because Chris, Dane, and I said so. Boys, what a fun little exercise. We are going to have a lot more fun little exercises on the Knowles 24-7 YouTube channel, so subscribe, put your notifications on. X's and Knowles YouTube, boys, film review is coming in. I can't wait to get out the Telestrator. X's and Knowles YouTube, subscribe, put them on. Thank you, Chattanooga Whiskey. Thank you, Turner Group. Thank you, Football Coach College Dynasty. Thank you, TBE, TBE 50. Get that foursome on Saturday, September 2nd. Get there and play. And if you are not subscribed to Knowles247.com, you are a moron. Rectify it completely and stop. <laughs> No more free rides, no more free lunches. Get your ass on that site and get in the board and talk to everybody. And uh, hashtag trade um, FSU for Miami. Love you guys. Keep chopping on the seasons here, guys. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.